Welcome back to episode five of Back of the Bird. Today we chat a little bit of Leafs disappointment, sadness, sorrow. Um, turn it around, talk a little bit about RIT, the Tigers, UVA, a little bit of golf with Polly, um, and, and some, you know, dive into uh, the, the PLL starting on, on Friday. So without further ado, So before we get started, we just want to give a major shout out to friend of the program, Boston Levi, for giving us that wonderful intro music. Um, former professional hockey player, now turned musician, chasing his passions there. I mean, the guy does it all, plays hockey, records great music. So he's got new music coming out May 26th. Um, wherever you listen to your music, whether it's Apple Music or or Spotify, make sure you check him out. That's, uh, that's Boston Levi. So without further ado, let's jump into Back of the Bird. The boys are struggling right now. Isn't it episode five? Is it episode five? That's, <laughs> that's a great start. It's a great start. We lost game seven and episode five. So, yeah, great start. It's uh, episode five. Hey, uh, welcome back. What the fuck? Yeah, man. That was, uh, that was tough. Why did we want to record after this game? Because I think you need the raw emotion. I think you need to feel the pain. I mean, you know what? I was I was super psyched to be like just so happy on this recording. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I kind of saw it that way too. And, and the more I think about it, it's almost it's almost our fault. <laughs> well, I would say it's our fault, but we've been unstoppable with the bird gang bumps. You're right. You're right. And I thought it was just going to be another one. And I know we had, we had people jumping on the train. We were, we were flying. We had the fry guy. We had Friesy jumping on. We had everyone going. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's just not enough. Yeah. Uh, that was uh dude. It's, it's so frustrating to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs in any kind of moment that matters. Yeah. It's just frustrating not being able to play a game and then watching a game you're not involved with it. Yeah. It, it sucks. It. I mean, as lacrosse players haven't played for two, two years or a year and a half, it like you feel gutted for those guys. But you're sitting back. You can't do anything. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. It. It sucks. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like the. I think the funniest thing about sports, man, is like when any pressure situation happens or anything like is going wrong and you get frustrated, it's like, it's such a pit of quicksand where it's like, then you start trying to do things you don't normally do, which then ends up getting it even worse. And then it's like, well, what the fuck I'm trying to solve this problem. I can't solve this problem. And then guys are gripping sticks and, Oh, it's just, I think the first thing I want to say before we like dive into like hockey is, I mean, tonight is, obviously we were joking about it on Twitter before, like getting vaccinated healthcare workers in, in there and stuff. And like, you know, it, 
nothing, no decision makes any sense anymore to let, to only let 500 people in there that are fully vaccinated. And that's what we're working towards in this whole thing, but saying only 500 could go and then seating every every single one of them side by side. Fill the damn building then. Yeah. You know? I don't want to blame Doug for it. Yeah. That's what they say. Like, Oh, there's a lot of less social distancing than Montreal, but it's like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, put 500 in one section. Like, so why can't you put a 2,500 fully vaccinated? There's enough of those like yeah. legit healthcare workers, first responders. There's a ton that are double vax. So yeah, I blame this on Doug Ford. I mean, I guess you listened to our, our first, uh, I mean, Stephen Keel, he can get the first credit for it, I guess, but then it was the bird gang who really brought it to life. So we got 500 in there, but yeah, yeah there, how there, how there wasn't, how do you even go above the 2,500 Montreal hat? Like yeah, as a do, province, do 20, put 2,501 people in there. Yeah. Like just to be like, screw you, Montreal, we're going to do it better. Cause we care about the least. And it, yeah, you get a little bit, but but how much more backlash do you care to get? That's what I mean. But like, you know, I don't think he can do get much more criticism than he has throughout this whole 12 months, you know? Exactly. So why not just put 3,000, 4,000, 5,000? Imagine, imagine he just like pulled his wrench out and goes, all right, 15,000, let's win game seven. Dude, that's what I was hoping. I, literally, I was waking. I was hoping for the America just snap the fingers, be like, "Yeah, we're yeah. filling." We'll well, go. and then you you see, like, I didn't. Obviously, they they kind of started showing it towards the end of the game, but you get people like sitting outside at patios set up outside in, in Montreal. Montreal. It's just- like we're <laughs> we are in the same country. <laughs> They're beating us at our own game. They're enjoying yeah. the patios. They got people in the stands and we're just crying at home. And, and it's, yeah, it's fun. Like, like I said, that like right when I just kind of opened that, it's somebody, I, I forget who it was, like follow a bunch of those kind of like Toronto beat writers or like people that write yeah. the athletic and stuff. And like they said, like, okay, like if you're not letting fully vaccinated people in there, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing all of this for? We If we're waiting for vaccinations and they're saying, get needles and arms, that's it. It's like, but we weren't, you're not going to let them in. It's like, what do you mean? I don't like, oh, oh, you know, it's, fresh. it's frustrating, but that was kind of my point. Um, a little bit from the beginning is like, you want people to do things. So it's fine. So people are doing things. They're getting vaccinated, but yeah, you got to reward people, right? You can't, you can't keep asking people to do something, stay at home, blah, 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 whatever. I get it. It's been terrible, but eventually you got to hold up like you're under the bargain. Right. That's like, so, yeah. And people need like, people need something to look at. We need a cookie. Just, Give us a cookie, yeah. buddy. Stop so hogging all the cookies. seven could have been that cookie. Just give us some hope. Give us something to cheer for. Give people like, again, healthcare workers, first responders that have been grinding on the front lines. 500. I mean, there's way more than 500 healthcare workers and first responders who've been just in the mix, in yeah, the mud, grinding it, through this thing. It's almost a slap in the face to them too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, mm, we're going to do a lottery system and about 500 of you can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But it, you know what? It's it's starting to uh, – I think I'll be the one to say it. I think it's uh, – we might have like this Boston Red Sox great Bambino thing going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. 
it's it's tough, man. Um, I I feel for those guys. I mean, we've all we've all been in in sports and blah blah blah. It it's devastating. I mean, it sucks to lose in Game Seven. Sucks to lose like that. Um, yeah, I, I feel for those guys. I feel for the the fan base. It, it's just tough. I mean, you, yeah. And I, th- I think in a year like this, you really need something, right? I think we talked about that episode one. Yeah. We all really need something. And and I think those guys wanted to be that thing. It's just, fuck, man. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes it's just, something's going on there. And it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard to see. I get it. It's passionate and stuff, but it, it's hard to see people just kind of turn it to like, Oh, you got to get rid of everyone, get rid of Dubas, get rid of every, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and here, and that's, that's kind of one thing I was thinking about too, is like automatically this fan base just gets so negative. It's like at some point either have some positive or have some, have some faith. like, it's just automatically like, Oh, here we go. Like the same old storyline. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. It's like, never think like that negative energy probably like weighs on everybody. Oh yeah. Like these guys got social media too. Right. You know, yeah. like I'm sure they're trying yeah. to keep their phones away on during playoffs and stuff, but yeah. like you can see the look in their faces when they're not scoring goals. Like they know their job and is yeah. to do that. You know, they want to do it too. It's just like, you uh, think they want to lose. You think they like, <laughs> yeah. no, no athlete wants to lose. Like no one wants to just collect a paycheck. At the end of the day, everyone, you know, it's great. You make money and blah, 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 but you play sports to become a champion. Mm. Uh, we've talked about that numerous, but this fan base doesn't make it easy for these guys either. No, no. And that's, and I, and, and then it becomes a bit of an Achilles heel, right? Cause you know, if you get the chance to take a little bit less money and play in Colorado, you know, or whatever it is and not have to deal with media not have to deal with scrutiny 24 seven or, you know, being on the front page of the paper, or, you know, whatever it is. 100% like I'm taking that. Oh, 100% and and then, you know, not devil's advocate, but then it's like, oh, you got to be tougher to play in this market. It's like, no, like let these guys play in this market and enjoy themselves and how about the media stops being like a bunch of assholes towards them? Yeah. You know, how about that? Like exactly. So you want it's you know, you talk about this recruiting and blah 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 blah. But it's like, you want good players to come here. Well, how about a media doesn't shit all over them all the time? Yeah. How yeah, about that? For sure. And uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, it's clear you got to pay guys more money to come here to do that, right? But it's, uh, yeah. you know what? It is what it is, I guess. It's, you feel for those guys. You feel for like, because at the end of the day, I understand they make a ton of money, but, and and that's what people look at. But it's also like that locker room is probably a really, really somber place right now. Like you got, you got a few guys mm-hmm. on that team that, Geez, it could have been their last game, you know? Yeah, like, which it's always horrible. sucks. You got older guys. You got yeah. guys who may be getting traded, free agents. I mean, we've both been there. Anytime your season ends, it's terrible. You don't really know what to say. You know, you do the handshake. You say, hey, great season. You kind of do the whole cliche. But, yeah, you have no idea what's going to happen the next season or the next year, which is the worst part of it. Yeah, so, it's scary you're looking around and it's like the 23, 24, whatever the roster is, is like this most likely isn't going to be the same people here next year, which yeah. sucks. Yeah. But, uh, 
I guess on a more positive note, yeah. let's, let's turn it around this. here. Let's, let's turn it around. Let's flip this. Yeah. Canada's team won legitimately probably the best lacrosse game I've ever watched start to finish. And you've got the tiger hat on right now. I mean, I am so, and, and I, and I actually meet like mean this in terms of like, I've been around, you know, a lot of really proud graduates and stuff like that from like division one programs or whatever it might be, you know, your Maryland's, your Virginia's, you know, even like high point, we have a really strong, like there's strong alumni groups across everywhere. I don't think I've ever been around one like RIT's alumni group where it's like, they're so involved. They care about every little game, every little decision, like everything. They love it and they want it so much. And I mean, I face, I FaceTime crap and, and those guys right oh, after. Did you? And they were all together watching the game. And like, it was just like pure happiness and relief. And I don't know, it was, uh, it was really cool, man. And the end of that game was completely, completely bananas. Like it was crazy. It was like you said, it was nice to see. Um, Not only was it like one of the, you know, best games you've ever seen field across wise D one D two D three, whatever. doesn't matter. It was just a great game. 1450 anything double overtime like ridiculous but a team because kind of along those same lines rit's been to that dance so many times yep had a great program never really been able to cash in so see those guys cash in and then again like you say the alumnus and the lineage that came through that program it's crazy of pll nll it's ridiculous so Everyone got rewarded today, which was amazing. So, so happy for those guys. Again, we jumped on that bandwagon early. You were uh, an RIT Tiger for three seconds, which was amazing. <laughs> I play in Rochester, so I just love those guys. Yeah, man, for sure. And that's, like you said, like I know Coach Kuhn and and Coach Wilkie were like, those guys have put in like, I think it's 11 years or something like that, yeah. they, that they've been there. And like, those guys were the reason I wanted to go there. They're the reason so they give so many Canadian kids an opportunity to play at the next level. And they put in like countless hours and they're doing everything that, you know, I like, I'm, I remember how crap, you know, practices at 6am were in North Carolina, like 6am practices in yeah. Rochester, New York is, you know, that's a grind. And, you know, like you said, they've, they've made it there. They've gotten far and it felt like they could just never get to that next point. And then they, you know, to do it in the fashion that they did it was like, oh, I've, I've great. never, like, I've never watched a, a sporting event that I really had no like ties to really, yep. but I'm standing up in my living room. Like when they scored to tie it up, I'm fist pumping, I'm throwing, knocking water bottles over. I'm jumping around and like, it, I, and to score the, yeah, the, the winner, the way they did, it was just, uh, it's unreal. And I think it's really good for, for division three lacrosse and lacrosse as a whole, right. To do like, to have a game like that on the biggest stage is just, it's huge. And it's like lacrosse was getting so much hype from, for this, these national championships across the board from the women's game, um, which is just unreal. The one girl, Charlotte, Charlotte North. Yeah. North just 101 tucks on the year. Are you kidding? Legit. That's probably more tucks. If you put, my minor hockey career, my junior <laughs> hockey career, my NLL career. That's definitely more tough. You can't you can't put men's league in there though, because you light it up in there. <sighs> Honestly, I throw <laughs> men's league in there too, and I still don't have a hundred tucks. Yeah, man. So it was yeah, it was good good across the board. I mean, 
the celebration looked incredible for those guys. I was getting Snapchats all night. Yeah. You know, right. they just they basically it. they turned they turned the hotel into vinyl. That's what it looked like, yeah. and it was just uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. So good for that. Speaking of vinyl, I said like go have a time. I don't even know where the champ, but when I'm back in Rochester, granted everything goes well. Hey, Rochester, the Tigers. The first night's on me, boys. Yeah. Oh, you heard it here first. You might regret that. I got, yeah. You know what? My kid, my unborn new baby, he might not be able to go to college, but you guys will have a time. So it's fine. It's fine. Maybe it'll all come full circle and RT will give give your kid a full ride. (laughs) Hey, remember that one night I took you guys to vinyl? Give my kid a scholarship. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and the, I mean, downside again, I, I, you know, I was riding Maryland hard. Um, you know, they beat Duke though, and yeah, they cry, dude. They crushed him. Bad like and, four, and good for uh, shout out to our boy McMichael too. He uh, donated. Yeah, he he, he ponied up for fifty bucks to to Cam H, which is uh, that's uh, huge. Yeah, which Center for Addiction and Mental Health, which is uh, I think. Uh, especially in times like this awesome awesome yeah. place to raise some money man and um fans need it right now yeah yeah exactly but it's uh yeah good for, good for him for ponying that up but uh they ended up losing to to virginia um like it's honestly it's crazy to see how good some of these guys are and how young they are um played play the game but it was uh that one's a tough one for the you know see the maryland faceoff guy come down like one-on-one with the goalie to tie it up and yeah. just hits hits him in the chest and that's just like those are like you feel bad because that kid played so well too the faceoff guy yeah. did like he brought them back he into the game but like right? yeah. that's just gonna be sleepless nights for a bit but at the end of the day it's uh the ball doesn't lie i guess as they say it's uh i don't yeah. know it was that was another really fun game to watch um but uh yeah and i think kind of that's what you want like and you know as a fan you know, if you're not on either side, doesn't matter, but you love seeing great games and championships. Yeah. Um, as much as that sucks being on the losing end of a double OT, a triple OT as fans, that's kind of what you want to see as a player. It sucks. Yeah. You'd yeah. love to just yeah. blow out the championship, but it's great for the sport. And uh, yeah, it sucks. I mean, we got the one, we got the one tweet Virginia only had the last Canadian standing. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, you got the last guy. He's, it looks like he was a mimical boy. So yeah. congratulations yeah. to him. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get his name. But yeah, there were some tweets coming through. So that's kind of awesome. At least at least one Canadian stuck in there and got a got a national championship in the D one level. So that was awesome. Yeah, I gotta we gotta uh, I'm gonna look up his name right now. I was gonna say because the tweets were coming in hot and heavy. So yeah. we'll have to fire through some mentions here. Holy smokes, they really were tonight. Um, oh, yeah. What is it here? Oh, I got it. Peyton Cormier. There it is. So shout out to Peyton Cormier, Canadian guy winning a national championship. Him and, this, Beauty. him and this other, uh, I don't even remember the other guy's name, Schellenberger or something like that. They both have three more years together and they were just lighting up. They were like, just dominating. So it's, uh, I can't even keep track. Like now guys are just getting eight years of school and they're on the Polly Windsor program, which yeah. I, <laughs> I, love, I love for them. Cause it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing just, the old five and three. Yeah. yeah the, uh, it's like that Oprah meme where she's like, you get a car, you get a yeah. car. The NCAA is just handing out years of eligibility. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, good for them. It's, uh, but yeah, other than that, man, lacrosse, lacrosse wise, I guess, uh, we got the, the PLL firing up They're uh, they're pumping out content again. They're back. Um, they, you know, I, I will give those guys credit, man. They're, they're so sure. I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking a little bit of heat right now. I, I am now a hashtag influencer, I guess. Yeah, you I'm, are. I'm a, I'm a big that influencer. was Roscoe giving you shit. Oh yeah. I just been getting greased, but I love it. This yeah. is why I didn't want to become an influencer. My ego can't handle it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, dude, they, they do crush it. I, I said that from the beginning. Their, their stuff is second to none. It's high quality. It, it is legit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big Chrome guy. That's my team. Are you? Yeah. I, uh, I was always, I'm a water dog guy. Are you? See, I, I was I, trying to get on the water dogs. I think originally, when this all came out, when they came out with the name, I was like, I was a whip snakes guy. Cause I was like, that name's ridiculous. I'm yeah. a whip snakes guy. But then the water dogs came out. I think I was throwing my hat in the mix for a, for a free tryout. Obviously didn't even get a text back or not, <laughs> but uh, so you I and got, Mark, you and Mark both. <laughs> well, I mean, Mark least talked to a guy. I just threw my name in the mix. You just got an auto, you got an auto reply from the general yeah. PLL inbox. But I got, I got, you know, there's a couple of boys on there, but I got Rylan Reese on there from the Nighthawks and yeah. there's Wizzy on there. So yeah, I, I'm on the water dogs train. I like it. I think, uh, yeah, I, I just a Chrome guy. Cause like that, I mean, like, I think I said it like episode one, I put in eight quarters of hard time with the, with the OG Rochester yeah. Rattlers. And that group is so fun, man. Like yeah. there's no one that loves doing what they do and just being around each other more um so i i love that for them and i, I last year because they were coming off a tough first year in the pll and then yeah. last year they they got they pulled in some new bodies and and uh i told a bunch of my buddies to hammer them to win the thing and they ended up you know i think it was losing in the semis or something but um yeah i like them again so we'll we'll see uh we'll see what happens with all that but it is exciting it's an exciting time to be a lacrosse fan or and it's exciting it's an exciting time as someone who people have been involved in lacrosse for a long time because if we're welcoming in new fans right now like you know i'm jealous because the nll is not on right like it's like you wish our product was out there because there's so much like holy shit like that you know you see like barstool big cat like dan orlovsky like all these big name you know media people tweeting like wow look like lacrosse is but lacrosse is a game of the sport of the future and it's actually being very very entertaining right now pll is going to start up at just the right time like you're just you're really envious as an nll player like you wish that our product could be out there for them but it's uh you know i guess we'll be we're six months we're six months yeah. till it's uh till we're ready to go so uh our yeah. time is coming this is just the appetizer yeah the main yeah. course I mean, is coming into around the corner <laughs> um all right, should we should we throw a quick wager on here? I'm I'm throwing my hat on the water dogs. You got the chrome, so I guess we'll do a quick wager here. Yeah. And when do we want to do? What do you want to put on it? Um I'll give you I'll give you let's go let's go big. I'll give you a night out when the patio season opens in Ontario. Okay. And I will at any point down the line any random friday or saturday you can make me babysit your child when you feel oh, comfortable enough that is that will be one week yeah i'm gonna i don't know if i can feed him when it's only when it's that young but it's fine you'll have to figure it out that's the whole point of it all right, all right i love it uh, 
but okay. uh, so yeah, we'll call that the, uh, we'll go with our, uh, what do we want to go? What do we want to call that? I guess we'll just, we'll, it's a PLL wager brought to you by cottage Springs. So, yeah. um, I'll be hammering a bunch of cottage Springs when the Chrome take the championship and Polly's got to buy them for me. They had a hilarious little, uh, gambling thing too, going on. We're just giving them free ads right now, but, um, it was like, if you can pick the correct, or if you can pick the winners of every game for the whole season, you win a million bucks. <laughs> oh, well, you imagine that. somebody we were talking about it, we're like man if somebody's like got 41 of 42 games <laughs> rabel's gonna be playing in the final game just shooting the ball yeah. out of bounds <laughs> oh rabel another turnover that's that's weird hey, he, win, really he wins the game they, they win the game it's like oh no no we gotta do a 43rd one yeah <laughs> it'll be like the jackie moon uh hey jackie this check <laughs> they said they can't take this check oh did you try to bring it to the big bank <laughs> <laughs> oh free corn dogs for everybody <laughs> for everybody jackie everybody sorry paul it's a million dollars yeah that's uh yeah. that's good now i guess in other other stuff going on you were at a bit of a golf tournament today yeah i mean i'm back in it tomorrow this it was awesome dude i mean i've played in a couple of golf tournaments so it was a two-man tournament First nine was great. It was uh scramble, which is like basically best ball. You just take the best shot. So there you literally have to be usually you play a four man scramble. So it's like one of four, but yeah. with a two man, you just need one. Again, you need to shoot 50%. One guy's got to get, get a good shot. So we were, I appreciate you breaking down the math for us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, for all us Windsor educated people, you need that. <laughs> Don't know if you play in a golf tournament, Dan. Jesus, I play in a couple. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, back to the story at hand. Um, So yeah, we played really well. But then this back nine was alternate shot. I don't know if you ever... You got to hit it. Hey, if we're... And and this for our math folks out there, you got to do 100% then. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So there's no hiding anymore. (laughs) Um, So like you're both allowed to tee off. You take the best tee shot and then alternate from there. So whatever tee shot. It was awesome. It was fun. But like literally the wheels, full on wheels came off in the back. (laughs) Derailed, trailer hitch, gone. We're done. So um, we were playing with two younger kids. They were awesome. They beat us by two strokes. But Of course we got. Of course we got uh rattlesnake so my buddy's a, yeah my buddy's a member of uh, club link now so that's how well i think you can just get in anyways he's like we should get in this tournament i'm like 100 so it's great you get a couple of drinks free meals like i think normally you get to like have dinner and stuff but covid obviously you can't do anything yeah. but yeah it was so we do uh first day today was great uh rattlesnake tomorrow's graystone so tomorrow's just best score so now like me and him will play our own balls the whole time and there's best score wins but uh the alternate shot was was interesting um because like again you're just there's a lot more pressure you're trying to do it for your buddy i i legit the wheels came off i legit had this 20 yard chip and I did the classic lift my head. We were beside some water. The water wasn't even in play. All I had to do, <laughs> like, and I just put this straight into the water. Just to, like it went directly right into the ninety and degree, then, the ninety degree shot. I yeah, literally ninety degree. The water was in, and, and that's when just mentally defeated couldn't couldn't come back. So yeah, that's we tough. were. I think we were even or minus one after nine. We ended up plus 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We went, 
first first two holes was double triple double triple double triple yeah so the the other shot wasn't going well no yeah you guys are built for scramble 50 percent's more you anyway yeah exactly um but no it's fun so tomorrow uh tomorrow me and my buddy we always do a little like wager too so tomorrow we'll be wagering against ourselves even though we're on the same team so yeah we'll put a little money on the line we do like five bucks a hole five bucks on like par threes best drive then like i think we do 10 or 20 bucks overall so yeah it'll be fun nice but yeah awesome. it's good that's awesome man so uh yeah obviously today we didn't really even say anything yet but we got uh we got a really cool chat with uh with junior coming up the goat heard of him him as the goat um i i like i I listened back to it um obviously we recorded this a little bit a little bit ago um but uh yeah it was we kind of talked about it after it's like it was almost you know it wasn't as many you know stories and stuff off the floor in terms of like you know the rowdy stuff or whatever it was like more real you know, what was it like growing up as John, like what made John Grant Jr. And like, what did he go through and what was life like going from game to game? And, you know, all those, a look into like really what that major series lacrosse senior, a man cup, like what that's about and what he would give for that. And, and obviously he gets yeah. a little raw and, and kind of, you know, expresses how bad he wanted to win in the NLL too. Right. Like, I think that it's uh and it's honestly hilarious that, the damn interview starts with him saying, cause we recorded this when the Leafs were playing like game three and he I starts know. it off by saying, I can't wait till you get, go watch your Leafs lose. And now this is going to come out on Wednesday. <laughs> we lost game seven. So it's actually junior's fault that we lost. Yeah. I think he put the hex, he put the hex on the boys, but uh, the old, the old yeah. the, the Jose Theodore. The <laughs> my buddy was doing that nonstop after that yeah, and um, i love that i'm making i'm gonna start making that a meme too and people like piss me off i'm gonna get a picture of that yeah i'm still trying to learn how to make memes but yeah i'm just hexing everybody you're do- i think you're doing a pretty good job of it actually making them again i've been sliding into some dms to get uh personal lessons so yeah i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> the meme gods yeah that's good but uh oh i mean I guess other hockey stuff too, because we're, I guess we're a bit of a hockey podcast now too, but uh, we're, Hey, we're, we're a lifestyle slash sports podcast. Yeah. We're, we're Renaissance men, but yeah. uh, I mean, you almost, at least last night, I think it was last night. I watched <laughs> Colorado. Avalanche what, just play. destroy Vegas. Yeah. I mean, wh- that's the, like, it's like, they should just let the Canadian champion be the Canadian champion and not force them to go play those games. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of like the consolation is like a little bit of sour grapes. It's like, Oh, we lost, but yeah, no one's beating Colorado. So it's fine. Yeah. They're, hey, better, better to lose now kind of a deal. Cause that team looks silly. I mean, like, and it's just completely unreasonable to make a Canadian team either move their home rink to a different city and have none of their home fans or play yeah. in an empty barn and then go to Colorado <laughs> with the best team in the world and a full barn. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's crazy how good they are. And, and it's, it is interesting because you pull the salary cap stuff into this man and I know, you know, the amount hey, of money, some is... of these, some of these really good players are playing for <sighs> in other cities. It's, it's crazy. I know that is the classic, like Sidney Crosby. Everyone's got to take some to make it. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I guess I don't. I I'm trying to think of kind of anything else that's going on. 
Um, when this episode comes out, I'll be 28 years old, Paul. When's your birthday? Tonight at midnight, June 1st, buddy. Oh my God. All right. I gotta, uh, I gotta get, I gotta go get a fresh, fresh 24 cottage Springs in me. I think yeah. for, uh, it's going to be a combination of uh, birthday drinks and leaf sadness. So yeah, I'm um, coming by, I'm coming by after golf then. Beautiful. And I, Social, I, I got to socially keep, distance, of course. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, of course. Um, and I've got your little uh, gift package here from our wonderful yeah. friends over at, uh, at cottage Springs. So, um, it gives me an excuse to come over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got nothing. I mean, dude, I got, I got nothing. I mean, we could, I think we're both a little bit deflated. Yeah. Yeah. Leafer game. But the good thing is, is that June's comes mm-hmm. on. And again, like you said, this, this interview is amazing. Again, it, I think we both said it kind of went it. I, I don't know. That's the funniest thing. That's the best thing about this podcast is we get to talk to guys. We know we get to ask like some questions. We don't know where it's going to go, but man, junior junior was awesome. Um, I've talked to him a ton and you know, he's just kind of banner back and forth and we've got into it on the floor, but this was like a great insight that you say into what it's like being the best player, one of the best players in the world. And you know, some of the troubles he's gone through and what made him come out of there and, and continue on. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, so what do you so think? Should we send it over to it or what? Yeah, we sent it, we sent it over to June's and you know, this was, this was amazing. All I think, right. I think people so, are going to love this. Without further ado, here is what many refer to as the goat of our game. John Grant Jr. So I, we tried to put a, a fucking bio together for you here to do like an intro and I don't have, I mean, I don't want to take up seven hours of your time. So we, I did a little abbreviated version. Um, cliff notes. Yeah, exactly. Cliff, a little synopsis of it. And we'll, so your all, cliff uh, notes are still <clears throat> fucking a novel. Oh my God, I got to fucking, I got to have done some things in this game, John. Yeah. I, did, I, played, <laughs> I had a big, big win last night in the 40 over league in Maryland. I was at, that was going to be one of my questions too, is, uh, I, all right, let's, I hey, let's get this fucking recording. All right. This is good it, shit the, right it is recording. It is recording. It's oh, the longest okay. intro. So, all right. So welcome to Back of the Bird. Today we're fired up to bring you this Peterborough, Ontario native. When he started his OLA Junior A lacrosse career, he was the most valuable player in 1994 and was the league's top scorer in 93, 94, and 95. Um, He moved up to senior, winning the Man Cup in 04, 06, 07, and 2010. And he finished his senior career with 860 points in 179 games. During that time, he moved to the pro level, played 17 seasons in Rochester and Colorado after being drafted first overall in 1999. He retired top 10 all-time with 668 goals, placing him second, 778 assists, which is sixth, and 1,446 points, which is second. He's also 12th all-time with 1,202 loose balls. He won the Rookie of the Year in in 2000 and won MVP twice in 2007, 2012. He was named... Named to the all-league first team six times and second team three times. He led the league four times in goals in 04, 06, 07, 12. And he was named to the Champions, Champions Cup game MVP in 2007. He set the record for points in a season in 2012 with 116, which has since been passed, but still, still ranks fourth all-time in league history. His 37 goals as a rookie is still tied for fourth best. And in his 2012 MVP season, he averaged 
8.29 points per game, which is an NHL or NLL record with at least four games played. He also is the MLL all-time leading scorer with 541 points in 136 games. There is quite literally a million other personal awards I could have scrolled through to get through this, but we're fired up to welcome John Grant Jr. to Back of the Bird. Thanks. I mean, I didn't even get upset that you were wrong on some of those. I was going to say, I felt like there was going to be a lot of them that were wrong because there's so many different sources I'm pulling information yeah. from. We need, we need a, a legit, like one source for lacrosse, like stats, man, like to try and find the all time records. It's so ridiculous. Like, I know I I've literally, you know, people have, like message me and stuff and like, Hey, they've got your record for this season. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. The only one that matters is the titles and that's it. Unfortunately, Mr. Uh, mustache there is responsible for stopping me with most of them. Um, <laughs> well, at least in Canada, but yeah, no, but one, no one says the border understands that the man cups are more important than anything. But that goes yeah. both ways, man. That goes both ways like that. I want to get into that quick. Like one of the reasons like, Oh, just, we'll jump into it quickly. I guess is man. The one reason I feel like I won our first man cup is when you got that infection, dude. Yeah. I almost died. Like I that. know. I remember I like not happy my, that you almost died, but happy <laughs> you didn't play that one game. Yeah. We, uh, we won a championship in Rochester or in Boston for Rattlers first, first, you know, pro title. I had, I'd won in field. And then I was feeling really crappy because ironic enough, the reason this whole, the whole near death thing happened, we were playing Aquasosny in a playoff game in the mem center and they took the turf up for some reason. I tried to diving around the world and landed on my elbow <laughs> didn't think much of it and then after the game a guy you guys should know laverty's like oh man i'm like what and my uh, under armor long sleeve was completely covered in blood from my elbow to my thing and the doctor was draining it he was literally flying around his motorbike to drain it at the cottage and anyways won a championship felt pretty sick and then we lost to you guys in game six and then i woke up the day before game seven and i don't remember much else but I, I do know, and this is a fact, my mother-in-law said I was trying to sneak out of the hospital to go play game seven, like pulling cords out of my elbow. Oh, oh my God. Like pulling Dude, the I, IV out and like people had to like stop me and stuff. And um, I all I remember is they were saying I was asking for a Big Mac and a ride to the rink. Yeah, the old <laughs> pregame meal. Eh? The Peter yeah, the old pregamer, yeah. So I think you guys, and I, I'm a pretty pretty savvy with scores but you guys won like seven to two or something i'm like i think i could have matched a couple of those well the crazy thing is like we still thought you were gonna play so like you get to the rink right and then like these rumors are flying because there was no obviously social media anything like that so you kind of hear like oh shoot man i think junior like something happened to him so people are like kind of we're worried but we're also kind of like man he's he's the game breaker like every time stuff was going good you'd always score that big goal or something. And we couldn't get over that hump like in Brampton. And then legit, like you get on the floor, warm ups. It's like, fuck junior isn't here. And then honestly, you kind of get that confidence, but no one knew what, but no one knew what was going on. Yeah, it, was, like, it, it was pretty serious. I had a, oh, knee yeah. surgery a day for five days. Um, and then they finally realized that uh, my cadaver ACL graft from like Oh four in Rochester yeah was causing most of the problems. So they took all of that out, but then the infection was still killing me. So mm -hmm. the doctor told my wife, like, we're just going to chop his leg off and we'll save him. She goes, don't even like, no, because yeah. like, he won't, 
he won't be able to recover from that. So you might as well. So she wouldn't sign off on it. I was incapable of doing it. So they found a way to f- figure it out. And here I am, you know, Holy shit. I didn't That's even, so I didn't even know. I like, I'd heard kind of, obviously you hear through yeah. the time, like parts. It was, it was kind of funny at the time. Cause we're, <laughs> we're all psycho, but I mean, I lost like 50 pounds. I had an IV antibiotic, like tube in my arm for four months. And it would always beep. I'd always get it caught on stuff. Oh, People are like, you're beeping. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I wore like a fanny pack and, and yeah, whatever. And they, then they told me it was like February. They're like, well, we're going to, we're going to put you in for surgery. We may be able to put an ACL in, but we might not. Cause they had to like drill like holes in my bones to get the infection out. And they're like, we're not sure if we're going to have screws big enough to like put your new ACL in. Yeah. So I, I went to sleep in the surgery room wondering if I was going to wake up with a new ACL or just bone grafts that they were going to take from my hip. Christ. So I woke up and I'm like, my hip's okay. In the, in the dock, I basically high-fived them. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. And then, uh, yeah, I played five months later. That's fucking nuts. Did and you so get it, that so it Big started? Mac? Go ahead. Hey, did Paul. you get that Big Mac after after the surgery? Oh, I had a few Macs. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with the initial like the initial injury and the cut was from the elbow, and then it went to your knee. Yeah. So it was uh so you know MRSA. There's kind of a MRSA that goes on your skin, but there's a MRSA that can get in your bloodstream, and it's like MSSA. I can't. I know the acronym. I don't know the. But basically, so that infection got into my bloodstream and was coursing around in there for a while usually it just like goes to like your organs and stuff and kills you right away but because i had the cadaver graft which is a foreign body it like went and started attacking that and for anyone that's had acl surgery knows there's no good blood flow that's why they have to they can't your body doesn't fix it you have to so um every time they just give me a new course of antibiotics and it get me better for a couple minutes then the infection got worse so it was one, I think it was one day and I was like, um, I told it, I'm like, I don't know why you guys are messing with my knee. Like I have like a dead guy in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's when the, and the guy based my mother-in-law recites all this. Cause she was there. My family was in Sudbury, Reagan, my wife. Um, she was in Rochester when this all happened, starting a new job as a teacher in Spencerport. Wow. So she wasn't even there. And, uh, yeah, my mother-in-law, when I like fell on the ground, and started screaming she just thought i had a good like a good night or a bad night depending on who you are yeah um she's like oh no not this again and <laughs> i was screaming for her help and she, yeah she's the one that took me to uh the emergency room in the borough and the only thing she loves to tell people is because i used to like paint my toenails the color of the team i was playing yeah oh yeah <laughs> so i'm like in civic hospital in peterborough screaming bloody murder in like a wheelchair and all the people are looking at my toes like what's just like is this guy is this guy on crack or something where do we pick him (laughs) just like a mess and so they i was screaming so loud they had to like put me in like a closet to like hide me from other people and but you know it's the burrow so like sean evans's mom was tending to me and like a bunch of other like lacrosse people like season ticket holders everyone's coming in (laughs) We're gonna get this guy to game seven. Yeah, you get the whole crowds just carrying him on their arms. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, it would have been nice. I did have one moment in the borough, not to, but uh, when the year I came back, we played. I played for the Toronto Nationals, and we won a championship. So it was a weird story. I, Dan, I, you might have been playing for Brampton, 
Yeah. We had uh, a game at the Mem Center and the power went out. It was on a Thursday night. And then the power couldn't go back on. Batley must have pulled the, the plug or something. You know, for sure. Um, they're like, we can't finish the game. We're going to play Friday. Well, I had a, me and Schneider. Schneider was playing on our team that year. Had to uh, um, go play for the Nationals with Willie and Brody. So they decided they were going to play the game on Friday. Well, we had a game. Um, the week championship weekend was in uh, Annapolis that weekend. So the owner of the Lakers chartered a private plane. Jesus. It was me, me, Jeff Schneider, and Gibby flew out Friday night after winning the game against you guys. And then um, played Saturday, won, won the championship Sunday. And then, <laughs> and then Sunday after, you know, have a little sip of champagne, lift the trophy for a sec, and then me and Schneider go flying in a limo to the private airport in Baltimore to fly back to play Brampton Sunday night. Holy and fuck. I, we had room and I didn't bring Brody and Sean Williams because Batley refused to allow it. Not, I'm like, Sean Williams is my best friend. I'm great. Yeah. He's like, if you bring him, I'm not playing you. So I didn't bring him. And sure enough, we, I flew home. I had a police escort from the airport to the rink, <laughs> drove like 150 miles an hour, got my gear on, ran out and literally just flew by the guys on the bench Ran out, got the ball, and ran down and went to take a shot in my first shift, and the place went bananas. Oh, I remember. Dude, I remember all this, actually. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we deserved to lose because I didn't bring Willie and, and Brody, and sure enough, we lost that game, and then we lost game seven. There it was. So they so they, they actually they didn't end up making it, eh? They, like, they stayed down there? They missed that game, but we, yeah. we lost anyways, and then they beat us in seven. I think it was on a Tuesday night. Yeah. That's my coolest story. I so. love that. That's incredible. That's uh, I mean, I think that that's part of the reason that we wanted to even start this thing was like, you know, there's so much history and there's so much passion towards you know even you know winning Minto Cups, winning Man Cups, and you try to explain it and it's, you know like when I went down to the states, it was like, you know, I hear about these guys playing in summer leagues. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I played in the summer league. Like we're <laughs> trying to win a fucking Minto Cup, and it's like that's why I can't walk coming into fall ball, you know. And it's and then these guys are like, oh, like. Why is this guy not doing drills? Why is he not doing fall ball? And it's like, I, and then they just, you, and then even the man cup takes that. I mean, in my eyes takes that to a completely different level. Cause it's like, that's just such a hard thing to win. Cause you're playing these guys in the regular season six times. And then it's, you get, and then you're playing the same team. And especially when there's, you know, a Peterborough Brampton rivalry, like, you know, you're doing that years and years in a row. Like that's, you gotta, you gotta start absolutely just hating guys after that. Oh, dude. You do. I mean, I mean, Doss and I, I think, I mean, we literally boxed <laughs> oh, for yeah. games. And even Coatsy, you ended up playing with. Yeah. And that guy literally lived at my house my later years of my career in Colorado. We Like my wife and I took him in and he'd stay at her house and we'd feed him dinner. But we'd go up and play Peterborough 16 and he wouldn't speak to me. Yeah. Like he was, he, he compartmentalized it to the point where he, I could try to talk to him during games and he wouldn't. And we would kick the snot. Like, I mean, seriously, kick the snot of each other. My old man's like, isn't that guy like live with you? I'm like, yep. And then you go through training camp in, in November in Colorado. And it would take probably four or five camps before you'd slowly like, okay, let's we're back buddies again. Yeah. A little it's, awkward for sure. Something happens a little awkward at first. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's it's bizarre i a good one i remember with your brother we beat arizona in my only championship in 07 in the desert in arizona 
And then yeah. we all had to fly to Halifax for the World Games the next day. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it was like me, Willie, and Toller were on the team. Yeah. So we got there earlier, and I remember just sitting in the lounge at this dodgy, like, place we were staying in Halifax, and in walks your bro, and a couple yeah. of the other guys were on that team, and it was just like, oh, oh, hey, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, and that's the thing. Like, you kill each other on one night, and the next night you're on the same team. It's it's. Crazy. I'm glad you guys are doing this stuff, because that is that is kind of the, the sweet sauce of this whole thing that we do. Yeah. We're all well, nuts. it's just it's just the mixing of like the leagues and teams too, right? Like, which again, it, it makes it so kind of incestuous, but also makes for these hilarious stories, right? Like you flying out the night before, then coming back. Like it's that's the stuff that's just hilarious that no one really get. And again, like it's all semi-professional, semi like underground. It's just it's amazing, dude. Yeah. Like we would do it all for free, but every once in a while someone decides to pay us and we yeah. don't know. Well, that's exactly it. It's funny because everyone's always like, hey, why? Like, because, man, like, I'm I'm obviously, like, getting up there too, right? And everyone's like, why are you still playing? It's like, dude, I still play men's league hockey. I'd still play men's league lacrosse. But, yeah, someone still wants to give me a little bit of change on the side. Like, why wouldn't I play? Like, you know? No. Yeah. I Like, Ch- Scotty Evans back in the day would get, get stitches in his face, and all of a sudden you go to his house, he's got a pool. I'm like, it's almost like, are you doing that on purpose? Yeah. Just headbutting the wall or something. Yeah, like, get, get those. You got to love playing in New York. You get that the really oh. good comp. But, um, oh, that's amazing. That's good. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we kind of talked about this before we got on air, but you're obviously a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And uh, I just want to touch on, because, dude, obviously, like, man, it's pretty tough to not say you're one of if not one of the best guys that play the game but your old man he was like the original goat he was the original kind of Wayne Gretzky so you have any memories obviously you're a Philadelphia fan now he played there you got any memories of that like growing up watching him play I do um and for a Flyers reference I was at the last Stanley Cup that they won I was in I was in a stroller and that's really dating me (laughs) I I was the wings had like their own little private box so you know he my old man my mom told me the stories I got to go to the the Flyers Stanley Cup you know Led Zeppelin Rolling Stones Elvis like all this I'm like that like that's real life stuff right there but that's sweet um in 1987 they called him out of retirement to play he was deathly afraid of flying so he drove so we borrowed our grandpa's uh Suburban and all his home games, I got to grab about six or seven of my buddies that I was playing Peterborough Pete's hockey with. And we'd drive down to Philly and we'd go to a Flyers game, a Sixers game, and my dad's Wings game. So that kind of invigorated my or reinvigorated my love for Philly sports. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I grew up following my dad. He played forever and then he coached the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I almost got to play with him one game. Um which Kaluski, who's, you know, my best friend yeah. growing up, he got to play um, with my dad. They didn't have enough guys. Peter senior got so bad there for years. My dad was coaching, but they were barely getting enough guys to put on the floor. So the junior team was always getting called up. And I was a first year junior or second year junior and Kaluski was and my equipment was locked up at the rink and uh, the GM at the time wouldn't let me get it. So I missed the opportunity which would have been pretty cool. Yeah, um, that would have been sweet. But it was like they played Fergus or something. That was back when it was like Fergus and Owen Sound. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I remember my dad coach, and then he, he would 
get called up to play. But I mean, I was in the stands, the 82 and 84 man cups. And I, I, for some reason, I have no short-term memory. Doss, you're probably responsible for something. Like that. <laughs> uh, but I have a pretty good long-term memory. And I, I remember my exact seats in the Mem Center watching the 82, 84 man cups. Place sold out, you know, my cheesies and my orange soda and just cheering them on. I was a ball boy. And that's you know, awesome, like, man. Like that, obviously my dad won a world championship in 78 with Canada. So I, you know, I spent a lot of time around him and his buddies and all they did was win. Like they won three man cups. They won a world championship. And these guys are hanging out at my house, you know, having cold ones on a Saturday. And the, the funny thing is, is like they were, in their thirties and forties playing backyard lacrosse on Saturdays. Yeah. You know, and little kids running around and I was always brave enough to jump in and play. And then no one ever really took it easy on me. I was getting pelted in the face with tennis balls and crying (laughs) because a guy two handed me in the fingers. And I mean, I've never had a game that was as hard as what I dealt with in the backyard, but that, that kind of charged me to, I wanted to be better than him and all of his buddies. And, and, be able to put my man cup ring on the table. That's they, that was their thing they used to do. They had all yeah. smack their ring on the table. <laughs> and and uh, so I got a, I got a, got a chance to win a few and that was kind of the way it was, but that was the burrow, you know, everyone that you knew his dad or uncle played and you were yeah. just, ch- you're chasing gods. And that's kind of how I grew up. And it's all I ever really thought about was like, okay, I want my banners up in the mem center and you know, so that that's kind of how it was. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's uh I mean, I can't I just grow like become and then becoming a product of your environment. I think that's obviously a lot like a lot of you know, kids not to the degree that you know you grew up in the player that you became, but it's you know, a lot of these stories too, where you hear even like NHL guys or you know, other sports, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you're you're growing up around a guy that you know, your dad played or you know, older brothers played too, and then it's like you're just you're the way that you were, it's like you're challenged more than you ever have in the backyard and ever have been in the backyard. That's yeah. It's funny. My daughter, I flew, flew back to Colorado for state championships last this past weekend and a girl on our team scored a BTB. She's 11 and uh, we're, I'm taking her to Dairy Queen. Cause that's what we do after yeah. a big win. Yeah. And that she, for goes, her for she you? goes, daddy, what'd you think of the BTB? I'm like, that was pretty sick. She goes, yeah, it's really too bad that grandpa, invented it i'm like well i perfected it and it was she was like literally chirping me and i'm like the the life that like in reagan is just howling driving the car i'm like getting chirped by my 11 year old about a btb it's pretty funny that's amazing that's of course i chirped her i'm like you can't do it yeah (laughs) yeah come back when you perfect it how about that (laughs) yeah so yeah that's that's uh life in the nutshell with lax you gotta love it yeah that's good, man. Well, I think even, you know, moving to the schooling side of things and, and this is Polly's show notes. And so I'm, I'm going off it. This is something that stuck out to me. Cause I didn't even know it, that you, you started, you started at Morrisville. Is that right? Yeah. How did that happen? I was a bad student. <laughs> um, my obsession for lacrosse and hockey really like if I put that kind of effort into the classroom, I'm sure I would have done well, but like everyone else, you think you're going to go play professional sports. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh crap, your grades are bad. You can, you know, I think the only school I could have got into was Brock. And then I kind of thought about, I started the field across team at St. Peter's when I was in 11th grade. I'm like, we should probably start a field across team. We didn't have it. Yeah. We, we awesome. played a little bit and I'm like, 
went to one lacrosse camp in uh, New York. Me, Klosky, and a couple other guys went down there. And there was a couple schools that were interested. And I didn't have the grades. I tried to go to Syracuse, and that just didn't work out. So they, I went to uh, Morrisville. It was right down the road. And, I mean, I got like 110 points, but the GPA <laughs> wasn't at that level. Ironically, yeah. I'm in the National Junior College Hall of Fame, which I don't think they should have done when you only go for one semester. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I came home and I thought, okay, I got drafted the bandits. I'll just play pro lacrosse and go to school in Canada and that'll be all good. And I just, I still, I, the more I was hearing about NCAA, I just, I didn't want to give it up. So the couple of years I went to Sir Sanford in Peterborough, played a little hockey and then ended up going to Delaware and having two good years there and, you know, got into the tournament, which was like, now that my Hopkins team is not in it this, this last week, it, like it's, it's something. And, you know, I did a couple junior colleges, then got my degree at Delaware and then went and got my teaching degree at do du- Um, which another, a few other pretty good lacrosse guys did. Oh yeah. That, there was yeah. a pipeline for a There's bit. There's a pipeline. Oh, yeah. I was at men's league last night and a guy was like, you went to Morrisville? I'm like, yep. And so I did, I had to spin the yarn on that story. And yeah, and then the one guy's like, did I hear you played college hockey? I'm like, yep. And my boss at Hopkins is on the team. He's like, every time I come to these games, I hear a new thing about you. <laughs> I'm like. The man of many mysteries. I love yeah, that. Morrisville Mustangs. It was, uh, it's not anywhere you really want to go. No. I had a buddy. It's a four-year school now. There. It's a four-year place now. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's I had a buddy that I think so I think they're like D three hockey now or something yeah. like that. And he went uh he was there for a semester and he's just like, I can't do it. I can't I can't be here anymore. Well, I, I showed up at Christmas, so like and literally my Roy Simmons Jr., the legend of all legends, yeah. called my dad the day I was driving to Morrisville and said, You should stop by Syracuse. We'll give you a little tour, give your son a little incentive to do well, and we'd like we'd like to see him in uh, Syracuse so my dad's like okay we show up and the, the moment we're sitting in there he throws an application down on the desk and says well what's the point of going to JUCO like might as well get you in now he said there's a guy named Casey Powell he needs a roommate oh he just got there and I'm like yeah that and he was at the lacrosse camp I was at and I he played for the beach yeah yeah yeah, okay, yeah, yeah yeah um and then after about four hours that he came back and he says like you got to have a a semester juco your grades are just not what we need so i was that close that time what a fucking one-two punch that would have been well it would have been a one two three with ryan there the year after because they ended up winning in 95 so the year i was in morrisville syracuse won it okay but yeah i i still have a kind of a soft spot for that place just based on that every time i drove to delaware i had to drive by the carrier dome fuck no way yeah. it's literally on my route yeah like so how, like how do you end up in like delaware like all well, uh, every time i think about delaware it's just that wayne's world we're in delaware <laughs> well the guy delaware. that coached at morrisville andy shea who is the yale coach who just okay. yeah, 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 yeah. one of the greatest coaches in college lacrosse he went to a junior b all-star game in like nepean or gloucester or something <laughs> and saw some guys i'm like holy crap like these guys are going to make my junior college team sick 
I guess, and he told the story and I remember it. So he goes, and some guy in the stands is like, well, why are you here? Go to the junior A all-star game. Those guys are better. So he didn't end up going, but he recruited me and Matt McLean and his two brothers, Jesse and Foster out of the beach and Jason Luke yeah. and Doug LaRock out of St. Catharines. Yeah. And we, so there was like eight or nine of us that got recruited to go to Morrisville. So the day I didn't get into Syracuse and showed up, the goalie who was from my hometown decided not to go back. So the first practice at Morrisville and Shay blows a whistle. I'm like, where's the goalie? So we didn't have a goalie. We made some guy from Long Island play goalie. Jump, just a- jump in net. Yeah. yeah, he jumped in net. He did the he reverse. Did. He did the reverse Pauly Dawson. He yeah. fucking, he was he playing. Did. He, re- and then he reversed Dost. <laughs> and needless to say, he was not a, he wasn't a fan of the ball going in. Oh, here. fuck, so. dude. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, there's one thing that go on boxes, you know, you're protected. You just go on field, no protection. This? Yeah, and you oh. haven't done it. Like, so it's like you're not using the stick to stop. Oh, that's not good. I got to play field goalie one time, city championship in the borough. Our goalie, when I was at St. Pete's, was in the band, and their band bus broke down. <laughs> I was the only one that had the balls to step in the cage. And we played against Kenner, which where I ended up going for a year or two. They won the city championship, like, I don't know, 30 years in a row before St. Pete's got good later. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I got destroyed. Shelled? Oh, shelled. <laughs> it, it was bad. Well, not to mention, I was like a pretty decent attackman. So not only were we not scoring goals, I was letting every shot in. Yeah, that's, a, that's what we would call a lose-lose, I think. Yeah, it was. But no one else would jump in there. So I'm like, I play in the backyard. This should be okay. Yeah. That's, that's good, man. So it's, uh, so what, and you, you said you went, you guys went to tourney when you were at Delaware. What was that? Cause you were there for two years. Which year was yeah, that? Two years. So 99, we, uh, finished like fifth. We went, we beat UMBC. Um, it's funny. I played the guy I played men's league last night was on the UMBC team and he was still ticked about it. That's why my arms <laughs> bruised. Yeah. We were, we were losing 13 to six with 10 to go in the fourth came back and won an OT. Nice. And then we, we were up against Virginia in the quarters and they came back and beat us in the second and they ended up winning the whole thing. But yeah, it was something. I mean, that it it was crazy. So that's awesome. Well, and I'll, get, I'll get back there next season with the Jays. So yeah, and well, especially then too, right? Like I think, at least you know, during my time at school, like I knew Delaware was, you know, they were on the map, and you know, but it, at that time when you were there, it was, you know, you guys were relatively underrated across the board, right? So it's like yeah, they uh, they were like three and twelve the year before I got there. Um, and the only Canadian they had before that, and and Dawson know him is uh, Tom Fair. Yeah. yeah, he didn't make it all the way. Um, and, and then after me, Scott Evans went, and a guy named Luke Wiles went, and then Jordan Hall. Yeah, Halsey. Yeah, Chris Dixon. Um, they made that that team. I think it was 07, Made the Final Four, which was for the program wow. was incredible. Oh, I see your pooch behind you. Oh yeah, there he is. That's the Hankster. That's it. I think Hanks. I think Hanks appeared in every episode so far. Uh, he won't. He won't leave my side. But uh, and like when you went down there too, like not a lot of Canadians were going down to the states, man. Like you were, you were kind of one of the pioneers. Well, among there might have been five things you've been pioneers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then I mean, Kluski and Todd Richard, two borough guys who were real good, ended up going to Hartford, but they came on a visit with me to to Delaware, but they they could didn't work out. And then Prouder came in just after, like yep. a guy named DJ Shannon. I mean, now there's what, two, three hundred of us? Oh, it's crazy now how it's exploded, man. Even like in the, I'd say in the last 10 years, 
like how crazy it's been, man. But it's kind of cool, like you being one of those like original guys to kind of pave that path. So, like yeah. you're, you're your age group. I appreciate. It. I mean, to, for me to start the the high school team at St. Pete's, I brought I had a, a VHS tape of the Gates, and they they had they made like a highlight video called "The Secret of Our Su Success." Yeah. And it was the year that he did the the air gate. And, and I showed that to the superintendent of St. Pete's. I like made a presentation like this, we need to do this. And that's yeah, what yeah. I did. So pretty cool. I got to actually play and play with those guys. But well, um, I, I think even, you know, doing what you did and going down there and, and being that kind of position, right. That has, is now a stereotypical Canadian position, right. That like lefty score goals. And that's like, you know, it even bleeds down to like, that's part of the reason I was able to go to schools. Cause our coach at, at high point, John Torpy was like, I'm the re what I need is a dodging attackman and a left-handed Canadian score. And it's like, that's like how he's like, okay, we're going to build a team that way. And it's so funny. how it kind of, you know, you can relate that it, you know, right back to, to kind of you going down there. That's uh yeah, that's pretty cool, man. It's uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've had some good ones. I mean, I, I celebrate every one of them too. Like Cluche the one year, yeah, like, you know, Zach Greer, um, you know, there's some guys right now, you know, Loyola just won on the weekend with a couple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every time you see a, a number 45 on a team, you're, you're pretty sure it's a, a Canuck, which is, which is great. And Brody and those guys are doing such a phenomenal job at the Hill. We have a couple Canucks on, on Hopkins right now. And in the next couple of years, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to be rolling a few more in there. I just, I can't bring a whole squad in. That would be tough, but yeah no we, for we sure play, we play a unique style across and we we're tough and we don't like to lose and those qualities yeah. are great now what i love about a lot of the young canadians now they've got phenomenal grades too like it's a it's a no-brainer so yeah yeah it's a whole package now it's not like you're bending over or trying to jump through hoops to get them into school it's like okay we can like this is going to be a, an easy push like it's yeah. Well, I mean, and though LA is doing a good job of, of, of pushing the field across on the guys, and there's so many club programs. Evolve, I used to own with Kluski, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Edge, and there's yeah, Schneider's guys in Alberta and BC, yep. and it's good. It's great to see. I mean, I love the game. I'll watch whatever game is on TV anyways, but if there's some Canucks on the on the roster, I'm going to cheer a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Unless they're sure. playing against us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe uh, – Danny Lomas just compared himself to you though. No, I was saying, I was saying, I was indirectly thanking him for getting me a scholarship. That's oh, okay. Okay. I, wasn't I thought you were saying comparison game. I know, especially I had two years against high point. They were in, I was a SoCon guy in the air coach in the air force. So high point, we didn't get along very well. No. Well, and that, that those teams, like when I, I think it was like my junior and senior year, that's when air force, like, they started to get good to like, you guys got really good and were like, kind of, you know, the obviously over was overtook Richmond as kind of like the top and yeah, no, Richmond's pretty good. They got, they got some guys too. And yeah, you know, the, actually I coached a kid at Richmond who played for my junior mammoth program out in Colorado who ended up going to the Hill Academy. Oh, really? That's the other thing. You get these American kids are like, I want to go get good at lacrosse. <laughs> yeah. Where do they I go? Wherever they are in the States and go play for the Merrills. And like I said, they teach them the game the right way. And they teach them, you know, you, you say you can't teach a kid to be tough. But they're doing it. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, somehow. I know. It's crazy. All right. Well, yeah, man. I mean, but again, yeah, you kind of, you kind of paved that way, but so you leave Delaware. So 
I didn't know he got drafted twice either. So anyways, the second, second time he got drafted was a little bit better than the first time. Cause you went what, in the third round the first time. I believe, I believe I did. Yeah. The second one was a little bit higher. So you go first overall, the second the time. The sleeper, the sleeper pick in the first the sleeper, yeah. the sleeper, third rounder. How did that go down? Where, uh, where were they the holding the draft anywhere? Yeah. The, the, well, the first time I didn't go, I heard yeah. about it. Someone called me on the phone. <laughs> you know, all this predated cell phones. Yeah, so yeah. I had to actually, you know, get there was a message. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, when I got drafted, the Nighthawks was at HSBC in Buffalo, oh, nice. Delaware. So I flew in. I got picked up by the New York Saints in a limo. They were trying to make a, a draft day deal. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah, I didn't really want to go to New York, but I did appreciate the limo ride to the ring. <laughs> thanks, boys. Yeah. <laughs> thanks I, actually was thanks. I was doing everything I could to, to go to the wings. Yeah. Um, obviously, my dad played, and it was down, you know, it's like 45 minutes from Delaware. Yep. Um, so that was, I, I was kind of trying to hold out. Polly Day, who grew up on my street in Peterborough, so I've known him since I was like a little kid knew better knew i was going to hold out of any lacrosse and be like mm -hmm. he told jody like he's going to play like don't so yeah. i tried and it, it just didn't work but i i loved every minute of playing a roch i moved there roch vegas was my spot so you know you became that you became the fucking mayor of that city i did get the key I yeah in case i need it <laughs> i might bring it with me when i go to the sweet lax tournament this summer for recruiting you never know. Yeah, that's and well, and did you were you guys the house that you guys stayed in? Was it on that? Was it on Werner Park, like right by that Jeremiah's? Place? No, Werner Park was a buddy of mine's place. Okay, um, but you figure it was mine. I was there enough. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's oh, uh, good old Jerry's. Yeah, um, no, we lived uh, kind of close. My wife and I we lived in a bunch of spots, but we lived um, on Water Street. Well, I lived on Water Street. And it was like lost right near the the music hall. Yeah. But we finally decided to leave the borough and move with me. I couldn't, we couldn't live there. So we got a spot out in uh Spenceport. And then we ended yeah. up buying a spot. But uh yeah, I loved it there. I mean, I would have stayed, but they didn't want me. So <laughs> off yeah. I went. Well, well, yeah, we'll get to that because I mean that's one of the the bigger trades in this league's history, but you come in. We'll we'll briefly touch on Raj, but you're a rookie of the year right away. You kind of just jump in. I mean, it's easy to see why you had success, but you jump in rookie of the year. You still have that goals record. Like anything, anything changed for you? Like coming in as a as a rookie? No, I, I think I had an unfair advantage. Yeah, I was 25. I mean, true. You know, it's like the when the Russians came in the NHL, like what yeah, the one the kid. he got the rookie of the year, he was like 31 on the super <laughs> league, five year super league. Yeah. <laughs> so I I mean I was old as I was old like I would already played like four or five years as senior and yeah, which and, helps. Yeah. So I, I came in with I was pretty confident, but I think it was overconfident and, and I tried to do things my own way. And I had a lot of guys on that team that are now running this league that taught me how to be a team player and taught me how to win. And we, we came within a second to go of winning a championship that year. Mm -hmm. Caleb scored that, you know, famous goal in yeah. the last sporting event in Madison's or sorry, Maple Leaf Gardens. But you know, you're young and you guys know you'd like, Oh, 
it's easy to get to the championship. <laughs> yeah, I think you think every, every year. There's always <laughs> well, I don't know, but I could understand. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Google it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in Roch, we got to that that one we should have won. And then 03, we lost at home. Um, we just I lost to Toronto every year, but it was like Roch, Toronto, mm -hmm. Roch, Toronto. And um, but it, the cross the lacrosse was special, but like I said, that you guys know that 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 city takes you under their wing like it's unreal. You know, it was like a little bigger borough for me you know you, yeah you, that's you, why i came back man you go to the diner and it's hey junior how's it going yeah. good game and you go to the grocery store and it's, you know someone's saying hello and you're doing camps and clinics and you're you know it's just it's a home so yeah yeah like i i loved it it just you know every <laughs> everything changes but as you were saying that that trade i i knew it was coming they kind of let me know so i thought it was going to happen a year before it did but uh so were you there sorry not to cut you off so were you did you play for kurt for a bit i did I okay did. okay well I, we one scary thing is i haven't won a playoff game in nll since my championship in 2007 yeah <sighs> I shouldn't say that. Maybe they're going to change their mind on the Hall of Fame thing. No, yeah, yeah. But, uh, your point, yeah, I'm your sure point says otherwise. Yeah, we, we won that championship. And then the next year, we were actually, we just, I mean, I, you guys won a bunch, but we just didn't really get along. We, you know, guys were wanted to be superstars that were, you know, it was just like an ego kind of yeah. battle. Bringing kind of random uh, guys in too a little yeah. bit. like. Yeah. And then 08, I got that illness. So I missed 09. Mm-hmm. And then 2010, you know, Kurt had it and I played, I was okay, but we ended up losing up to like the Titans in Madison Square Garden. So we didn't even really make the playoffs. So, we yeah. didn't win. Um, so then, yeah, I got traded to Colorado, but that's where I wanted to go. Um, well, I knew it was on the, like, I actually, it's a pretty cool story. I think, you know, Kurt flew me to Vegas Um the, he does a big event there and Cody and Craig Point and a couple other guys and the guy from like the Joe Dirt movie and some David other... Spade? No, not him. <laughs> uh, Joe Dirt himself? Yeah. No, uh, there was a bunch of actors and yeah. UFC fighters and my wife and I went and it was, it was a, but I, you know, I thought it was to see if Cody and I would like get along or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We did. We headed off. We were having a blast and Pointer's a beauty. Oh yeah, and um, Craig Pint. I said to my wife, and it was like they they didn't hold back. Like it was an expensive trip, and I remember it was like five days later we we're in Hamilton for some event, a Dreamcatcher event they do, which is yeah, the, yeah. the I went to one. They're awesome, yeah. and we're sitting there at dinner with like <laughs> Gager and the coaches, and all of a sudden I get like a text. Um, I said, yeah, you just got traded. I'm like, what? <laughs> and you sit with everybody? I said to Reagan, I'm like, oh, that's why no one's sitting at her table. And it was like, a, and I'll never forget, it was Slash from Guns N' Roses and Smokey Robinson were doing like a, a duet. Jesus. And, I, and it was like, I wanted to go to Colorado, but whenever you get traded, it's like, a, it's a gut punch, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I said to her, I'm like, I just want to go home. She, so we... We went, we packed up the hotel and drove back to the borough. But I was prepared for it. So we'd sold our house. Okay. Launch and moved back to Peterborough, bought a house there, and and we're just kind of waiting to see where I'd land. But um, you know, Colorado was a necessary move for me. I needed a, a change and needed to figure things out. But what know, made I'll never, you I'll never forget my Nighthawk days. You said you said you Colorado was kind of like that was 
where you wanted to be what was that just do you like geographical how beautiful that place is or is there i mean that was part of it but the the uh growth of the game out there it was just such a like a huge push and lacrosse was getting big and i i mean steve govett is a genius when it comes to that stuff and yeah getting out there i could build something and you know i never wanted to think about it's kind of funny when i got traded to colorado i should have probably been retired by that point i was like 35 36 years old after two devastating knee injuries mm-hmm. but he taught me to be like a grown-up he taught me like there was going to be you're going to have a life without playing and you got to start to think of it and i never that was part of how i kept myself going in the game is like I, it was all i had I, I didn't have a job outside of it i did some yeah. work and stuff but so he kind of taught me to be a grown-up and he's like you got to learn to be a man and you know, I just had a baby, so we we just changed the pace, had to get out of the borough a bit. You know, I owned a bar restaurant there, and that wasn't, you know, really... Dude, are you are you reading my show notes? Like, are you reading my show notes? You're just, He's you're just walking checking through off, it all. Dude, you're checking off everything in here. So Darn, I was like, I'm long-winded. No, dude, I love it, man. Hey, I just appreciate that I actually took some time just to do some digging, and you're just checking yeah. it all off, man. It's just, beautiful. Holly just research. wants the credit. Good exactly. Research. That's all I want. Well, you you got to have, like, a text or something texting me, like, hey, 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 hold on. Don't. No, don't no, me. fuck, man. I love oh, it. Keep, keep going. going, dude. Keep yeah. going. So, yeah, I mean, that's that. That's how it was. Like, Colorado is awesome. Oh, I mean, I'm there now is going to be – well, she's not here, but <laughs> the wife and daughter are not happy about the move. But mm. I mean, I got the greatest job in the world right now, so I, I can't complain. And, you know, back in the East Coast is going to be great because I got a little bit of a opportunity to get close back to Ontario and I can actually re- re- recruit Canada. It's tough to yeah. recruit Canadians at Air Force. For sure. They don't oh, get yeah. No, exactly. No, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like, because I, yeah, that's kind of what I had written down because yeah you you get traded there and then yeah you set up like your life there and then you're kind of full-on married kids like and then you just like immerse yourself in that and then that leads you to coaching and then like I mean end of the day you being John Grant Jr. like people are gonna give you what you want you know what I mean but I think like what you did in Colorado you became a coach and who you are today because of what you did off the floor, not on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was weird. Cause that, you know, I was out there and like I said, it was a daily struggle with God. Like I had my diva expectations that I'll come in to where yep. I want to come in. And he, you know, he was pissed about it. And he's like, you not know what I'm trying to do here. I'm not like trying to be your dad. I'm just trying to like help you. Like you're gonna, there's going to be a day where you're not useful to me on the floor. Mm-hmm. but in, in very certain terms like i'm you're going to get to the point and you're probably going to be past the point of tradable and we're going to have a conversation and you're not going to like it and i want you to have something to fall on and you know you go through and you're just like no no that's never going to happen but i i had a conversation one day with a guy he's like Are you what do you think about coaching high school i'm like what i hate field across yeah i don't want to but it was like it was a I went and met a guy at a co- uh, it was at a church coffee shop, and he goes, "I got this this Christian school that needs a coach, and we need a guy like you that has a passion for the game." And I'm like, "I don't know if I can do it." But anyways, me, I decided to take it on, and I remember uh, Govitt's like, "You're spending more time at this high school 
coaching these kids and you're jeopardizing your actual job. Like you got to, but there were, it was, it was, it was like a turning point in my life that I couldn't not be there. I couldn't not mentor these kids. I spent every waking moment trying to make sure that they're everything was good there. And that, that fueled my passion for coaching. I used to coach and do camps and clinics. Yeah. Yeah. Monetarily. I was mm -hmm. trying to, you know, bring some extra money in, but this, I did it for basically nothing. And it was the most rewarding experience in my life. And, you know, that finished a, a, a run where you were 18 and all we lost in the championship in Bronco stadium. And like, I just remember after the game, I was bawling my eyes out. I couldn't control myself and I had no idea what that feeling was. So that school, you know, basically hired me full time. And I had four years, I was a full-time high school coach and had an office and that as I was exiting out of pro yeah. lacrosse, that was my cushion and that was my landing spot. And then obviously the air force thing popped up and I didn't have to move. My wife and daughter were secure in their little neighborhood. And mm -hmm. I was traveling an hour and 15 minutes a day to get the air force. But all of a sudden I'm coaching D one and at a, you know, at air force and I'm teaching phys ed. I'm like, okay, this is, this is it. Life's good. I'll do this forever. But then, you know, the Hopkins guy called and I'm like, well, you can't not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so no. It's kind of funny. My wife, we were talking about it today again. Um, she gave me her blessing to go for the job. Cause she said, honestly, I, what she told me after she goes, I didn't think you would get it. <laughs> Thanks babe. Thanks. <laughs> to be quite honest. I wasn't really sure I, I would get it either. I mean, do you know who you were in there running with? Because I, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know. There, I mean, there was obviously a lot of, I mean, that job was, I mean, even the director of ops job had 120 people apply. Yeah, I can so imagine. I, they, they don't tell you who you're going mm -hmm. with. Okay. I, I did. I, I kind of second-guessed my ability, and I didn't think I'd get it either. But it was the most prepared I've ever been for an interview. And to be quite honest, my job at the Christian school and everything I did there with the travel and the lesson plans and, you know, everything I did, it prepared me for that job. So I, I went in and did very well. And, you know, I think it was a good year, but we got a lot, lot more to do to get better there. But uh, yeah, no, I would, I would have never guessed I'd be sitting in a place in Baltimore, Maryland, coaching at Hopkins. I knew of Hopkins since I was a. Yeah, for sure. Everyone does, yeah. Mr. Huntley, who was my dad's friend and yep. you know, one of the greatest human beings that ever lived. And mm. he, uh, he was a Hopkins guy. So that's what I knew about. So was that, did you, and, I, and this was kind of, I remember obviously with like that Southern conference kind of connection when you were going to air force. And I just, the thought that went into my head was like, you know, he's such a certain type of player where it's like crafty, smart IQ hands, toughness, you know, and not to say there's not toughness there, but, and then my general picture of what air force lacrosse was, was, it wasn't John Grant Jr. lacrosse. Was that, was it, did you find it like in a situation where it was like hard to coach those guys? Cause it was just so different or. Well, timing is everything. And the shot clock got instituted into NCAA, which I'm, I'm not sure I would be cut out to coach college lacrosse if there was no shot clock. Right. Yeah. I coach and play like I live my life, a lot of ADD involved and, you know, like it's like this, but quarter mile at a time, baby. <laughs> yeah, like, just go, baby, just go. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've coached college across and for three years and I don't think we've had a shot clock violation. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I understand your point. I, I mean, obviously researched Air Force and I watched what they did, but a lot of what they did was based on 
the shot clock or lack thereof and just their ability to be a better athlete than right. waking up in the morning and running five miles when other guys are kind of burping and finding the way to a bagel place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it was nothing like I expected. Just it was, they weren't given the green light to do a lot of that stuff. They had the ability. I mean, my first practice at Air Force, I remember they did like a little cheer in and did like a bit of Oh Canada. Kind of welcomed me in. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I just, for the first 25 minutes of practice, they weren't allowed to do anything other than behind the back. That's amazing. I, I made it so far above. Like, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. So that they weren't allowed. They, they were literally not allowed to throw one. They weren't allowed to pass behind the back. They weren't allowed to shoot behind the back. So I just, I wanted to prove a point that there's, but then I taught them why you do it. It's yeah. not, like, there's a rhyme and reason we do what we do north of the border. It's not for flash. It's like, we didn't even name those things. It's just, um, but they, we did pretty well and we got a pretty good season and a half out of it. And I would have stayed. I mean, I loved it. I loved teaching phys ed. I loved the military. Um, what those guys do for, for people like us to be even get to do this. Like yeah, those guys are going off, they're playing lacrosse for four years and then jumping in, in, in jets that fly like a thousand miles an hour to keep us safe. And that to me was, was awesome. And I appreciated everything about it, but I just, you can't turn down an opportunity like I have now. So. That's good, man. I, uh, I honestly forget, I forget who told me to ask you this because there might've been a couple pops involved when we were like chatting about that. We were going to interview you, but somebody told me to ask you about the pig and whistle. That was, that was the spot back in the day, the pig and whistle. Man. Yeah. And just ask me if there's anything that pops in your mind when you hear about I'll lose some, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I, let me see. I'm going to figure out. I yeah. Guess. Think of one, think of one. That's not going to, well, go. I know the very first night I went, the guy was charging the, our Nighthawk guys. It was my first, Weekend is a night off. So 2000. Yeah. You got drafted in 99, it said. So it checks out. We were told we were told to go to this place and we got there and they were charging us full price. And it was a lacrosse guy that owned the place. And I went up and I said, Well, let's go, fellas. This is ridiculous. Like we're pros. We don't yeah. we're not paying. <laughs> and he struck a deal with me on that very first night. He goes, if you stay you will never have to pay <laughs> like at all zero as long as you are in rochester you will never have to pay i said deal yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to start with 50 percent off yeah, nope. so. <laughs> but he but i of course a poor kid from peterborough took that <laughs> to the full i got a phone call on that sunday afternoon it's like i meant you not- <laughs> Let's go, boys. We're good. Yeah. That's like the guy at the uh, at the open bar at the wedding. It's hey, this one's on me, eh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll get this one. Uh, That's awesome. But yeah, that was that was my very and we went there after every game for oh yeah, good salt both match. teams for a long time. Yeah, both teams. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. That's Ronnie. He he was a lacrosse guy. Played at Naz. He owned a bunch of bars in that area, and you know that's the good thing about our game. We don't make millions like the other sports but we make connections and we make you know you get you get opportunities to get you know meals and yeah cold ones every once in a while and you know you get a pool put in i had a guy in rochester that donated an air conditioner for our house because it it died like in the middle of the summer 
garage door opener like but those things are huge yeah, yeah but i think these might be just john grant jr things well, in some in maybe. some certain is somebody you say somebody gave you a put in a pool for you not for me but for other guys i did get a hot tub put in and one day I woke up, <laughs> it was a loud like it was a gunshot and i'm like what the heck who's waking me up at this hour? It was uh, probably nine or 10 in the morning. And I go down, there was a guy installing <laughs> a new garage door opener. So he, he had to use that big gun to put it through the brick. Yeah. He goes, oh, sorry, did I wake you? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I heard you need a new garage door opener. I'm like, all right, thanks. But I think like, yeah, I think you're getting, you're probably getting the A plus service, but that is like, kind of brings back like Rochester though, like that's like those people just hard work and like gonna do hard stuff work. for you, right? Yeah. But and we and we would do it in kind i think the good thing about lacrosse people they'll go to a birthday party they'll go to the hospital oh yeah for sure schools they'll go yeah we'll do whatever we can if we can do it um and we're definitely more accessible than like yeah your average pro athlete too which kind of makes and that's why like some of those people fall in love with it because like you actually got to sit and talk to them like and have a conversation with these people right treat them just like human beings but I, I honestly think, and I, I love that we're like that, but I also think that's part of what's held the game back. Yep, 100%, man. Like, it's it's this fine mix of, like, where's this league got to go, right? Like, I always kind of say, like, man, at one point, it's just got to be all or nothing. Pay everyone, like, a good salary, and you got to quit your job. Who's in, who's not, and let's go, right? Like, it's kind of... Well, think about this. Has to get to that point. I was young, young enough... And I'm like, so they're selling the game as like we're in this was the ads like on the jumbotrons, like, oh, this guy drives the Zamboni, this guy's the teacher, yeah. this guy like delivers garbage and then comes and kills himself for you on the weekends. But I I thought about it one time and I was like, well, you know, what what do most people think about with like Hollywood actors or NBA or NHL is like what they get, what who they are, how they're like. You know, no one, no one wakes up in the mornings like, man, I wish I was doing that. So I think that was part. Of, I love it, and that's the what yeah. the smaller aspect. But I think it may may have hurt the game a little bit that they they showcased it as just like, you know, a bunch of crazy yeah, dudes common guys, and then go play on the weekend. But you can't. I mean, that's it's done. That can't happen anymore. Because the first year in Colorado, I remember going out there. I played against them, and they didn't treat the the mammoth or whoever they were playing like they thought they were the same as the avalanche no one called yeah. out blue they, these guys were mm-hmm. were literally like barely able to to feed themselves during the week so yeah that's good man well i think uh you know i don't want to take up too much more of your time for like and we didn't really dive into kind of the mll side of things i don't know if there's you know any kind of specific toronto hamilton you know roch or or you know, even this past year, like anything that kind of like just felt like nostalgic for you or, or anything like that you want to chat about? <sighs> uh, the only thing I could say, I got into a bit of a winning streak with a bunch of MLL teams. Yeah. And I couldn't win in the NLL. And all I wanted to do was win in the NLL. And I remember coming back after like winning with the Outlaws. I remember going to the office because I worked with the Mammoth. <laughs> and I'm like, I go in on like a Tuesday and Gov had to be all ticked off. He's like, why weren't you here yet? So I'm like, I just, because I don't give a bleep about your darn MLL. Like win me a playoff game. Yeah. 
And I, it just, and I had to do the math the other day. I've, I played like 17 years of pro indoor. I've lost in the playoffs to four teams. I think four, maybe five. Rock, Calgary, yeah. Minnesota, Albany one year, and Philly. Hmm. So every time I hear don't stop the rock, I want to seriously. Just, oh, yeah. Something's getting broken. No, I need what. it. I need yeah. it. And I'm, I'm never going to Calgary ever again. That's it. I won't go. It's been marked off. It's marked off my list. I hope it's like miserable cold there for all time. Yeah, there's you're the one guy that cheers when he gets to minus forty and it's snowing uh, there. But yeah, the MLL was great. I I mean, field lacrosse was a hobby to me. I was a box lacrosse guy. Yeah, I love everything about box. I don't really, I didn't really understand field lacrosse. I obviously had to learn it. Yeah, I had to learn it by coaching it, which helped me. Honestly, coaching it helped me. I think play longer. Yeah. Because I actually learned the game. You know, box is so fast. You know, a guy told me is like it's lacrosse in a washing machine. Like you, you don't have time to think. It's a feel thing. That's a that's a really good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. And um, but I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with field lacrosse now because there's a lot of strategy. Like the even like is the rides and clears and the face off things. Mm-hmm. Box is just like throw ten guys in there. <laughs> Let them mix it up. A few minutes later, we'll see who wins, and maybe yeah. you get to your locker room, maybe you don't. But field, there's so much strategy. It's like chess and checkers. Yeah. But I love that. I mean, obviously, I love lacrosse. So, like, learning all this new stuff, and, you know, it's it's a phenomenal game. I, I'm glad that the PLL is going to keep some of the MLL traditions alive. Um, yeah. I loved every minute I played in MLL. I loved coaching and playing which was a unique scenario altogether. I mean, telling a guy that if he doesn't pass me the ball, I'm going to bench his ass. <laughs> it's really a good cool. leg up to have, though, eh? Okay. That's a hell of a oh, that's card to have. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Look me off one more time. You're going to be in Philly in no time. <laughs> Speaking time. of that, I'm going to tell a quick story. I was just with, uh, I was just with my brother-in-law, Billy Greer. Uh, he's big goal, coach. big time, Billy Greer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he scored a huge goal in that 2007 against uh, Arizona. We didn't know his name was Ryan, and we played with him for like three years. Dude, it's hilarious. My sister refuses to call him Billy. Calls him Ryan. Everyone else calls him Billy. Oh, yeah, she hates Billy. Oh, what a huge goal that was. But uh, so I was just like, yeah, man, we're going to interview Junior tonight. He's like, oh, yeah. Like when I first got there, he like, he's like, oh, man, he used to run the ball up because he's kind of like a transition player. So he said he was running the ball up a lot. And then Roch, like going up the floor the left he would run and you guys would be first off the bench and he kept running he's like yeah, and i'd stay and play for a bit and you know thought i was real good and then the one time i came off and uh junior goes billy get the fuck off the floor and and i was like well you know it's a little bit of a long run and he goes yeah it'd be a long run you get traded the fuck at edmonton bud <laughs> and he said the whole bench started laughing <laughs> that's probably absolutely true <laughs> yeah i remember sean williams and i used to anyone that tried to get to the front of the bench that, like, uh, see you it, later yeah. yeah beat it buddy yeah uh dude that's awesome yeah man i think uh i think we got to do a part two obviously dude like i said I, I i consider you in the top three that's ever played this game it's you jt and gary gate um i mean that in all sincerity dude i i i appreciate that i got to play against you but dude like this is, and I was saying this to Grizzly too, like this could be a three-hour interview, man, because you have, well. I'm sorry if I was long-winded at times. No, no, it's like a three-hour interview because you've done it all, man, like, and deservedly so. But, uh, 
don't know, Danny, again, I appreciate you, man. This has been, this has been awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't want to turn it into a stroke off session, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. Like, uh, like I talked about with like, just kind of the, you opening that gateway to kids going down to school and, and, you know, even talking to my buddies that have no idea what lacrosse is. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing junior tonight. They're like, well, did you fucking prepare? Like you better be ready to go. Like it's junior. So it's uh, yeah, man, you, you, obviously your career inspired a lot of guys to, to keep playing the game. And, and I think it's, you know, what you did with, cause I obviously watched quite a bit of field um, this year and what you did with that team kind of going into the end of the year was um, I think that's a lot to do with kind of coaching and turning a group around, which is pretty special. So I think uh, there's high expectations from that group going forward and, and I'm excited to watch it. You know, I, I'll be still cheering on my Panthers, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it, man. And again, appreciate you taking the time and we got, I mean, the show notes, we got 400 other things in terms of, you know, team Canada stuff that we didn't, you know, even touch yeah. on. I'm available fellas. You All guys right. No, honestly, man, we'd love to do a part two. Because again, happier than watching these guys get all fired up. And oh fuck! And least, dude, least, don't you say that we got friend of the podcast, a like hey, friend of the podcast, Morgan Riley. Yeah, he'll listen. Podcast. He listens okay. to this. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm a big fan of that Matthews kid. And oh, Morgan, that's what, a spot. Dude, you know what? He he's kind of like you, man. Like crafty, big, score just scores goals, man. They're good. They got a shot. Like legit. I. I mean, we said it, man. Like this is this is the year to make a run. Like the the North is good, but man, those other divisions is tough to get out of. This is a nice path to get to the final four. Well, I mean, I'm gonna root for them. My Flyers are dog poo. So okay, <laughs> go jump on the Leafs. You know, you, know you get a, you get away from something for long enough, you miss it. Yeah. yeah. I miss Leaf fans, and I miss Bills fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know why? Because they're the yeah. same. They never. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine what would happen to Toronto if that team won a Stanley. I mean, holy fuck. COVID has nothing on what would happen. Oh. <laughs> no, not even close. It would be. I'd have scared? to sneak into Canada just to put on the blue and white just to pretend. Exactly, yeah. man. Just to get part of that party because it will be it will be something. All right. Well, I did watch my Phillies lose to the Blue Jays. In the World Series. Hey, they're they're gonna be F good you Joe year Carter. too, dude. F you, Joe Carter. You were were you you weren't there for that, were I you? There. I was there. Oh fuck. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, gentlemen, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Dini, we'll, uh, thanks so much, buddy. Plan another one soon. Take care, man. All right, you too. All right, see ya. Yours was actually good. You did you did a good one, and I think Nick left it in the podcast. That wasn't bad. <laughs> mine was fucking. Mine was bad. It sounded like I was spitting on myself over yeah. here. But, That's um, all right. Well, that was <laughs> the June bug. I mean, what a conversation! It was so many things blew my mind. I can't believe it. Oneself or one t- <laughs> at one point, it sounded like I was comparing myself to. <laughs> But you I was what? really, I was really just thanking him for letting Canadian lefty finishers go to school. Hey, you're, the, you can say you're the John Gantry of high point. <laughs> I don't even think I could say that. Well, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. you're the John Grand Jr. of high point. And I mean, dude, hearing, being able to like, I mean, hearing him talk about his daughter, kind of chirping him back about um, his dad, literally like inventing the behind the back. I know. I mean, say, even thinking about that. <laughs> It's crazy. It's just great that his daughter is just like cut from the same cloth. Oh yeah, I, I saw his old. 
Cutter old man, and he's yeah, the best to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, and I saw I saw somebody uh, like because he always tweets out like uh, Junior tweets out you know him and his daughter kind of playing games in the yep. backyard and stuff, and somebody responded back and was like, "Where can I bet a future on her to win the Tourton Award?" Like, yeah, exactly. Just hammer that because it's uh, she's got the genes. That's a long family lineage of just absolute studs. So. It's uh, obviously we're grateful that he came on. It's uh, really cool. We're definitely have to, I mean, we didn't even dive into half the stuff we wanted to. So it's, uh, we'll hopefully get him on for part two and, and chat a little bit more, but I don't know. Is there, is there anything else you want to touch on anything else we're coming up with or whatever? No, I, I mean, I, we got, again, we we're we're banking a ton of interviews right now. Like we are we're grinding, but uh, no, just again, we, I appreciate everyone that, still getting some messages here and there again that one i think episode three kind of popped off there a little bit got over a thousand cases i don't even know if that's good but it sounds great to say hey we got a thousand plays <laughs> so honestly man uh i really appreciate everyone that's kind of jumped on board here and and listens i'm having a great time i hope you're having a good time dan i don't oh, know if you are but it's it's so fun because it's just like i mean we talked about it for me. It's just a, it's a creative outlet that makes you feel like you're like, you know, in a dressing room again, which, which we need. And then to get the feedback that, you know, I think the, you don't want to say someone's feedback is more important than someone else's, but when you get that approval from guys that you're, your peers yeah, from right? some peers for sure. hundred percent. Cause again, like I said, I know I'm a bit of an influencer now. It's been, <laughs> been two, two weeks or so, but that's that's the biggest thing is that i didn't want to be i didn't want to be an influencer because my ego can't handle being an influencer. yeah you know what you kind of are I, i'm starting to i'm thinking about now what's uh you're like a modern day uh vince from slap chop you remember that for those products <laughs> you, <sell? Yeah. laughs> you said you want you want to chop these nuts you just chop these nuts. <laughs> slap chop. <laughs> oh that's good but uh yeah we got um like Paul said, we banked quite a few. We got Chris Schiller, which was really fun, man. That guy's a beauty. Yeah. Um, Shane Jackson, we sat down with, and uh, and then this week we're we're sitting down with the god of goaltending, Dallas Eliak. Which um, I'm, I'm super excited about that one too. Yeah, I think that'll be good. So, um, congrats to the Tigers. Congrats to to Virginia. Um, God damn it, the Leafs suck. But uh, you know we still have faith. I'll never stop. I'll never stop believing every yeah, year. I will. We still got friends of the pod baby on the Leafs. So yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh we believe, we believe blue. How about, sorry, not to cut you off, but how about a couple of boys that, that PLL chirps Noah, he jumped on board. The boys jumped on board. They, you know what? Everyone rides, everyone rides. Everybody rides. If there's a, you got to love the loyalty in lacrosse. It's, it's yeah. Uh, so we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm at a loss kind of, I'm sad, but like I said, we'll never stop believing in that team and um, hell of a series that nope. a friend of the pod, Morgan Riley made some incredible plays in every game. Uh, he played, he did play. He played great, man. He was playing like fucking 40 minutes and he yeah. played great. Yeah. Unreal. But, uh, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that's it for episode five, not four. Right, Winds are educated. Winds are educated. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll send it over to Boston oh. Levi. Oh, yep. What do you got? One, uh, one more quick apology. You know what? We're gonna have to make a quick 
not even a quick, but we're going to have to make a segment about Polly apologizes. Hashtag <laughs> Polly apologizes. What do you got? So I want to apologize first um, to James Barclay because I threw, I threw oh him under the God, bus. Yeah, did. it was like the biggest ricochet shot ever. Like, that was... I forgot about that. So I want to apologize to him first <laughs> just for bearing him about getting lit up by Mark. But he did beat up my brother, so it's kind of like we're even now, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I apologize to Barks, but when we were talking about uh, Sean Pollock and his wife and her bottle of cancer, I said I never played with him, dude. I played a year of junior lacrosse with him. Like, dude, my my mind is is gone. Yeah, that's it's, a long time ago. You were you were, were you still were you still in between the pipes then? Yeah, it was my second year, so it was it was you know Are you I was playing still kind of, Yeah, so I guess we. Jeff Dowling brought it up to me being like, dude, he played with us. I'm like, and I was still like, no, he didn't. Cause I knew we had another Wallsburg guy. Anyways, I went back into the archives. Yeah. He was second in scoring behind, behind Davey boy Lomas. Wow. Damn and it. We were pumping his tires again. Uh, hey man, he was rookie of the year. But so I want to apologize to Polly. I know he listened to the first first couple but yeah we were teammates but yeah i was a backup goalie so i wasn't really paying attention to anything um you know what's funny is i'm gonna have to jump on the poly apologizes train i fully just like made a statement that tight our dyson williams was the first canadian to play at duke since zach Greer, and you were like really impressed with my fun fact it was just totally a lie <laughs> cameron badur is a senior at Duke and he's Canadian and two, two funny things about that. His brother is on my team with the riptide. <laughs> <laughs> and the second funny thing is he was born in Burlington, Ontario. <laughs> so we, uh, Cameron, sorry about that. That's, uh, that's my bad. Um, so way to carry on the, uh, the Canadian lineage there. And, and obviously you're graduating or maybe he has a year, like everyone's got another year. Um, but uh, Dyson's going to carry the, the torch from there. So. Can I tell a quick funny story about Matt Donowski? Do we have time? Yeah, oh yeah. Because I was like, hey. <laughs> we've, been, we've, been, we've been ending this episode for 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like, dude, my dad is the same way. You try to say goodbye to my dad on the phone, you talk to him for another half hour. Like, see you, dad. Hey, so what's going on? And I just said goodbye. Anyways, I got to tell a story because I was thinking about this the other day when I was talking to him or talking about Donowski being like, hey, when you said that stat, and I was like, it's weird because he's played with Canadians, but I, I played with him in uh, Philadelphia and he was getting really good. Like at the box game, he was putting in work like he was. But for some reason, we kept cutting him during the season. This is one season. Yeah. Johnny Gypsy, Johnny Gypsy Meridian, we kept like letting him go. I mean, it was during that phase where he had to like release guys, but then he would like not be there. And then one day in the change room, we put him back in the lab. This is like, yeah, the third time he's been cut. And like this poor guy, like most Americans that are playing in this league, they're kind of like, what is going on? Anyways, Gypsy's yeah. give, Gypsy's given, he's our head coach at this point. And he's given this, this pregame speech. He's like, you know, guys, we got to get going. But he's like, and we got Dino, the Dino cat. He's got nine lives. We keep cutting them and we keep bringing them back. <laughs> and guys are just like, holy shit. Oh, we, got, what a way we, to get him the Dino, 
Oh, dude, we kept calling the Dino Cat with nine lives. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. Like, it was amazing. Oh, that's Anyways. cool. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. I'm, I'm yeah, we'll end on that. We'll finally end on we'll that. We'll end one. on that. So we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Um, we'll figure. We'll kind of drop some teasers as to who it's going to be. But uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Keep sharing it. Keep buzzing this around. Um, swipe up if you can, and you're going to want to stay awake. So you're going to want to keep using those smelling salts. Billy's shopbillies.co code bird 20 fire it up in there. Um, we need to put Polly's kid through school. So start buying those smelling salts. That's cool. All right. That does it. Peace. If you want to sign, this is it. You're mad. Your magic. You're as hard as a gun. You want to play with fire. Consider Chase the thrill if it's worth the hit Cause you never ever wanna work for it Take your first ride and run, baby run You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder Yeah, you make me drown, yeah, you're pulling me under Your love is like an ocean wave Don't let my love turn you away What's coming is better than what's gone Hit the road, chase the desert moon.